Welcome to the AMX Superstore's Australian Supercross recap show here on the Inside Dirt Network. We are back again. This is the round number two review coming to you following Adelaide round two on the weekend. And we've got a lot to talk about. And uh, before we get to that, we really need to thank AMX Superstores, amxsuperstores.com.au. They are the leading motorcycle retailer in Australia with over 20, that's right, 20 locations across the east coast of Australia. The latest stores to open right now, we have Narang in the Gold Coast and we have Caram Downs in Victoria. These are two massive moto hubs, a lot of riders in those areas, and I encourage you to get down to those stores and check out the flagship stores that have just opened in Caram Downs in Victoria and also Narang on the Gold Coast. Everything you need from consumables to apparel and uh, anything in between to keep your bike on the road or on the track. We've got road, adventure, moto, and hey, maybe even supercross. I did a show in AMX um, live show, and uh, Matt Moss was in town last year, and he was buying parts from AMX to go racing at Promax. So, you know, the pros buy parts from AMX Superstores, and, and maybe you guys should too. Just think about that. If you can't get into the stores, they have a massive, comprehensive website with everything you need to keep your bike and body on the track. You'll get everything you need in the same week, sometimes next day. And uh, once again, amexsuperstores.com.au. We can't thank those guys enough for supporting the Australian Supercross show on the Inside Dirt Network. And with that being said, support those that support the show. And let's get to it. Okay, kids, you're in for a real treat today. He, he's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. Gator, never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. It'd be like looking over and seeing your, your ex-missus with someone else. Like it's a... There's a few of them going around the pits, I'm sure. That's <laughs> Do you know what I've been smacking lately? Can we say it on the show? <laughs> Why weren't you more successful? Well, you know, because I sucked. So... <laughs> guys welcome to the amx superstores australian supercross recap show we are coming to you a few days after round two in adelaide coming to you from the sunny gold coast joe stevens here as always and i am joined by the man the myth the legend mr ghost moto mickey how we doing hello mate how are you good mate i'm in your lovely uh, house here on the gold coast my uh cost of the villa yeah it's, it actually has a bit of a villa vibe going it does on. Yeah, yeah it's very cool it is very, very cool on it. yes um we decided that it was time to get together in person because um we've got some riders coming on and we need to clear the airwaves from the the uh, multi FaceTime calls we've been doing of late <laughs> <laughs> with Darnell and Jimmy and yourself. So uh, tonight, guys, we have got Aaron Tanny coming on. Now, Tanny um, was actually busy. He's flying to Melbourne for the 2023 uh, Yamaha 450 launch tomorrow and Thursday. Uh, so I did a pre-recorded interview with him uh, last night, Monday night. So we're going to slot that in, and uh, you may not know the difference. You might. It depends how much you listen to the show. We'll see. And uh, we also got Nathan Crawford coming up. Patrick KDM, Nathan Crawford, who is sitting second in points right now between an Englishman and a Canadian. Yeah, loose. How is that? Yeah. A multicultural yeah. Australian Supercross Championship. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got to be going on, eh? <laughs> it does. <laughs> so um, we're going to talk about all things Adelaide, all things Oz Supercross rounds one and two. And uh, we'll get NATO on in just a minute because he's on a schedule. And um, me and Posty are going to talk as I watch his German Shepherd 
beat up his uh, puppy in the backyard. Yeah, it's USC Gold Coast. <laughs> There's a big con on there too. Yeah. Right, Posty, I wasn't at Adelaide. Um, you were. I was. Give me the temperature. How was the event? How was the round? Um, you know, it was a big contrast going from Marvel, world-class Supercross, to going to the Adelaide showgrounds or whatever it was. Um, and I know those outdoor Supercrosses are a completely different vibe to stadiums. Um, I heard the crowd was okay, but could have been better. Um, yeah, well, honestly, I think that was the first thing that comes to my mind. I was pumped on the crowd. Really? Was, uh, Adelaide come out in, yeah, in full okay. noise. Yeah, I thought, well, from being on track, it looked to me like it was pretty So pretty there was, there was the a vibe? party was sick, like, yeah. There was a vibe, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah well, like, I um, worked with a few of the series sponsors and worked with the activations over the weekend and... They were pretty pumped, man. Like, I got got some footage and it was pretty chockers for across the all board. So, the pit party was gnarly. It was, I think the vibe itself was really good. Yeah, okay. Um, let's get to that before we go any further. Um, we always talk smack on, on Mickey and, and Paul call him Posty and Ghosty. I call him Ghosty just because he disappears quite often and doesn't answer his phone. But he is one of the leading content creators in Australian motocross and supercross. And, uh, creating content for a lot of big brands uh at adelaide so um make sure you guys are following him on uh, on instagram on the post moto is it what's your thing yeah post-moto. yeah post-moto. Yep. so uh i just wanted to get that in because uh thank you Joe. you're actually nice sound, of you so. yeah, yeah. So i'm a good guy <laughs> despite what people might say I'm uh, um so there was a vibe yeah it was cool honestly yeah. it was okay. really cool um track layout was it was a bit basic i'm not gonna sugarcoat that yeah however i do think there might have been a shortage in dirt i could tell just by looking at that because it seemed like all the rhythm lanes were about two foot shorter than they usually are and even the finish jump the triple like yeah yeah whether they didn't order enough maybe they just ordered us a medium pizza not an extra large pizza i don't know but yeah um there definitely wasn't enough dirt it looked good dirt though it was sick dirt Yeah, yeah it really was it was really really good yeah, um, I just sorry, I've got this Adelaide throat tickle from the wool shed. Um, <laughs> Stop it! Yeah, um, no wonder you're talking no, no. about editing all night. I um, what you were doing at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, I I just wonder though, with it being you know three years since we've raced Supercross, that there was a little bit in mind that it was the first round of the SX3 guys as well. So there was a lot of young guys there. So do we want to kill our youth? That was the question. Well, yeah. Supercross does eat its young. But yeah. my, my caveat to that is this. Um, this is what ended up happening, in my opinion. When you make the track too easy and everyone can go on, off, three, 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 blitz yeah. the whoops, da, da, da. Well, then you can race the track. Yeah. That's when, you know, almost I feel like it's safer to have a gnarly track because there's not many guys. Yeah, hesitation, are, yeah. They're not going to send the big threes in the middle of the rhythm lanes and they're not going to do those things that, you know, when you – you know, I, I saw that bass rhythm. It was that you filmed for us a few times. It was like on off three three. Yeah, and it's like idle, right, 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 like done. Yeah. So everyone's going to do that. So then, when you're in traffic and you're racing, they're going to start trying to scrub, push through, like. And you saw the amount of injuries. I don't know if there's a correlation. I mean, Supercross can jump up and bite anybody, yeah. but um, I think there might be something to that. My two cents, like. Yeah, I think maybe because you get overconfident. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, like you forget that it's Supercross and you're starting yeah. to chop the throttle and. Do the things that you I don't think do. there was that many crashes at the at the race though. So whether they've got that science right now, do I think it's it's hard though? Like because we're coming off Melbourne, mm. 
And it's such an unfair comparison. And that is... That's the thing, you know, we've gone from world-class, or yep. what they're saying is a world championship round, to um, a round in the showgrounds. Like, that's the... Like, he, like, the comparison's hard, but, like, yeah, what do you do? I mean, look, and I said this to Tanny, I was like, it ain't ideal, in the interview we did last night. Yeah. It's not ideal. The super, the, the championship is running. They've got yeah. to build it. Now, is it getting unanimous, like, great feedback from the industry right now? No. Yeah. Um, but I've worked pretty closely with event promoters in, in my business for a lot of years and I know that what goes on behind closed doors and what the public see are two completely different, yeah. you know. So as much as would we like better venues, would we like more funding, da 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 da, da yeah. But realistically, there's a championship running that we as a collective need to be thankful for. Yeah, to, to be honest, man, I think Adelaide Showground was sick. Mm. Like, it had this, like, real old-school feel about it. It was, like, almost a Coliseum side with one side because I believe they run Speedway there. Mm. Um, very cool. However, yeah, I think it was just lack of dirt. Like, they just yeah. didn't have enough dirt or maybe they were just trying to get their round done and somewhat safe. Yeah, I mean... That promoter's run events there for a lot of years. I, yeah, you know, I, yeah. don't, I don't, I can't remember his name. I've, I've never met him, but I know of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to make it work. Yeah. Um, and hey, hopefully he makes some money and he wants to do more. You I know? do believe he's passed away recently. Like, like recently, recently. Yeah. How, how did the event run? Well, I think the family ran it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, condolences yeah. if that's the case. Sorry that's to bring a morbid taste on the show, but yeah, yeah I do yeah, believe right. that um, Mr. Gilbert has passed away. Okay, well, it sounds like you're about to pass away with how you're talking right now. Sorry, so let's yeah. move on oh from there. Something um, stuck in my throat. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little too close to you. Are on you this feeling table. that? Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's breaking spi- out. Is there. spicy cough still a thing? No, nah, I don't think the spicy flu exists anymore. That no. was so 2021. What a time in our lives, eh? What a time to be alive. Do you remember when that was a thing? And it like, yes, I do remember yeah. it being a thing because I launched my company literally <laughs> four rounds before it started. So yeah. I do remember it very vividly. Yeah, I, I moved to the, the Queensland because yeah. of it. Yeah. Anyway. What a time. Um, what a time to be alive. Right. But yeah, no, the track was good. Uh, I mean, the track was good considering what the dirt For what had. it was. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, and I keep saying this to everyone, everyone can complain all they want, but man, we're, we're gun racing. Exactly. And we see the stars of our sport racing. Like it's a really, really healthy field across the board. You know what I mean? We've lost a it few is. guys I um, think recently, but... I'm a little disappointed with the privateer turnout. I think yeah. like 12 through 20 in each class, I'm yeah. a bit kind of scratching my head a little bit. Yeah, we were short on numbers too. It was 15 yeah. and SX1 and uh, like, we'll just bring it up here. But I think it's yeah. probably a sign of, of the economy. Yeah. Because dude, like I booked some flights to Perth yesterday. Dude. I got to yeah. go to a wedding over there. Oh, heavy. <sighs> Man. Yeah. Like, Get your credit card. I could have probably flown to America a year ago for what I just paid for these flights. To yeah, go f- yeah. To, to go to well, Adelaide Lake. was a grand for me, man. It yeah. flights. It was, was 1300 bucks for me to go return to Perth. Yeah, loose. Like... Yeah, to Perth. To Perth. Yeah. You know? That was an LA flight. Well, yeah. Like, one way that would get you to America. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. But anyway, like... And, and even I do business in Melbourne. You know, there's events I have to go to with ID Media Group. Um, and looking at flights at the moment, I'm just like, man, this really isn't... It's not a good time at all. Not a good time to be traveling. Not not a good time for Supercross to have privateers going, I'll throw my bike in the team truck with whoever and fly to this round. And in saying that too, though, like Adelaide's a bit of a trek, considering that half the field is um, Is, based in Queensland, you know? Considering the whole field is basically based on... um, 
the East Coast. Like, yeah. Th- there's a handful of guys from SA, literally. Yeah. Uh, the teams are all on the East Coast. So I guess Adelaide is that middle ground where it's not quiet. <laughs> yeah. It's not going past the, the to the West Coast. Yeah. But um, I do love Adelaide though. So let's keep going. But Adelaide. Adelaide's cool. Yeah. I, I Adelaide is very cool. Hashtag um, Woolshed. I've never been to the Woolshed. You need to go to the Woolshed. I can go to the Woolshed. Now, yeah, okay. like I couldn't it was previous <laughs> previously. Years, yeah, you know? okay. yep. um, maybe it's something to put on the agenda for next year. Yeah, okay. What, was, did we go out this year in Adelaide for Primax? We went. No, to, I went home. We went. We had dinner. We had dinner. Dinner yeah. was cool. Dinner was cool. Dinner was very cool. That pub. That pub. Yeah, and then yep. they were doing UFC and the beer. Those dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Never changed. Adelaide. Adelaide. All right. Um, I'm going to call Nathan Crawford. Cool. Um, and we will chat to him now. NATO is second in points. Where did he end up in on the night again? Fourth. All right. We are calling Mr. Nathan Crawford. Hello. Nato, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Hey, mate. Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. No, no problem, man. Um, you are always you're always good with the phone, Nato. I appreciate that because a lot of riders, um, a lot of riders aren't always good with the phone. I don't know if it's my number that makes them not answer, but you always do, so I appreciate that. Nah, no dramas at all, mate. Or anytime. Uh, Nato, I'm sitting here with your boy Posty. I know you guys are, uh, you know, quite familiar with each other. Yeah, one hundred percent. Hey, going, bro? What up, boy? <laughs> What's happening? Stand out of trouble, mate. How are you feeling after Radelaide? Yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, not too bad, man. I had to take a couple of days to get over the uh, fourth place, but is what it is. <laughs> that um, I saw you come off the track after that fourth place. You you weren't uh, pumped to say the least about it. Tell us tell us how the night went for you. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't stoked. Um, Oh, man, I was having a really good day, um, felt felt comfortable in practice, had really good qualifying, I was second, which is good for me, like, you know, qualifying is not usually my my strong suit, so had a really good qualifying, and then um, I ended up winning the heat race, which is good, to be honest, like, most of the, the, the front guys, they were in heat two, but, I mean, you know, it is what it is, I, I, uh, I was in heat one, I got the heat race win, and then... I was, I was set up really good for the main event. Um, good gate pick. And then, yeah, just did not execute the start at all. And then I was just in the carnage for like the first three three or four laps. Like the track sort of didn't really separate too many people on the night. So, like, you know, usually, you know, in like a, a track where, uh, sorry, in an event where the track's super technical, like, you know, it would only take a couple of laps for the field to sort of space out a little bit. But because it was so sort of mellow and sort of easy like the pack sort of stayed together for like four or five laps so I got pushed off the track like four like at least three or four times and it was honestly carnage for the first four or five laps of that race until I finally got some yeah clear air and um raced my way to fourth so it was it was like all the way to the end like I I, I was in fifth going through the uh, going through the loops you know going into the last turn and then had still made a pass on the last turn like it was it was only just a fourth but it was super frustrating um, but big picture like it, it wasn't it didn't work out too bad considering I actually moved up in the championship so well that's what I was going to say Nato really. like if you look at the points um, with Cole Thompson having a, a bit of a night as well 
I feel like these short championships, if if you can be on the box when you can, and then when you're if your worst night is a fourth or a fifth for the whole four rounds, it's gonna put you in contention regardless, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, yeah, I was initially I was quite pissed, and then I mean, I knew that I'd beaten Cole in that race. I, I seen him; he was down on the first lap. I think like I knew I'd beaten him, but it just. Yeah, I mean, I, I checked. I, I, I could. I was gauging the front guys, and I only finished five seconds behind third place. Like considering from where I came from, like I was just so pissed because you know I just had to put myself in a good position off the start, and I just didn't do that. So, but yeah, I mean, the big picture, like it sort of worked out okay. I mean, a couple more points would have been great, but I mean, I didn't go. I didn't go backwards. So, I mean, it took took a day or two to you know get over it, and then. You know, sort of. I just need to, you know, focus forward now. For sure. Hey, on a, on a, on a somewhat related topic, you're, you know, you're not a young young guy anymore. Like you're not nineteen or twenty, so you have some experience. But this always intrigues me. Like when you say it took a couple of days, are you someone that when you have a bad result, like I know some guys can just leave the track, be at the airport, have had a complete shit show of a weekend, and they're cracking jokes and it's like they've moved on already. Where are you at with that? Do you sort of take a few days? Do you get really pissed and do you like simmer on it? Cause you're, you know, underneath you're quite an intense dude, I think. Um, yeah. you know, so w- where are you at with that? Well, to be honest, I mean, I'm the sorest freaking loser there probably is on the track. So <laughs> just putting that <laughs> I out don't there. take, yeah. I don't take the shit results all that well, you know, like, especially, especially with like how good I was riding and like, you know, like, a Supercross night show, like, it really starts from qualifying and everything was going well, you know, like, and it just, I know that the main event is the only race that really counts, but, you know, like, it really takes, it really takes a lot from, from qualifying all the way to the main event, you know, to set yourself up for the night. And I set myself up so good all day. Um, and then, you know, to, to know what I possibly could have done, like, okay, yeah, sure, it could have been worse, but could have been held a lot better too, you know, like I was riding very good on the weekend and unfortunately the result just didn't, didn't quite show. But yeah, I mean, 100%, like I want to be up there battling with Max and Wilson and, you know, like at uh, the minimum, I mean, I want to be on the podium, you know, like it's, it's four, we got two races left, like, you know, I, I'm happy that hopefully false my worst result, but like, you know, um, you know, Max has obviously gone one one, and I, he's twelve points in front of me, and I'm in second. So, like, I need to be up there with these guys, and I believe I can be there. You know, like I definitely do. So, you know, in, when I, when I look at it in that aspect, yeah, it took me a few days because I feel like you know I could have been better in the main event. Uh, Nato, you've also jumped on a brand new bike for the Supergirl season. You've done. Yeah, I wanted to ask. About yeah, that. yeah, a majority of your. Majority of this year, um, on the older style generation, and then you've turned around, developed, and raced a whole new bike. Tell us how that's gone for you. Yeah, well, when I first got on the bike, um, it was pretty good. Like there was certain things about the oldest, you know, obviously every single bike so different, and there was certain things about the older style bike that I wouldn't say that I didn't like because, yeah, you know, obviously I really still enjoyed the bike, but there was just certain things that you know, with any bike that you would like them to either do better or this or that, you know, suited to my riding style or what I like to feel when I'm on the bike. And this new one actually, um, I thought was better for me in that aspect, you know. Um, and then when I went through the whole preseason, like, 
I, you know, the bike is, you know, we developed it and I thought we did a pretty good job and, and we did definitely, but you just never know until you go and put it in a racing situation. And then as soon as we went to Melbourne at Marvel there, I was just like, you know, like it wasn't like it was, we were way off, but there was just definitely things that like, you know, that, that I figured out with the bike that I would never have figured out at the practice track. You know, I had to race it to figure that out for myself, you know? Um, so there wasn't like there was... Typically the Australian test tracks are just blue groove, you know, hard pack and everything packs down and it's pretty consistent. And then like you go to somewhere like Marvel where the track was really deteriorating to like what you see in AMA Supercross, right? So that that makes perfect sense that, you know, because realistically, again, Oz Supercross testing, even for Factory KDM for you, NATO, was like, here's your bike, here's the base setting from WP for Supercross, ride it, and then... I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Like, you probably get one or two days with WP before the championship begins. That's just how rushed Australian Supercross is. Um, so, to have the bike, like, that close to make those changes after round one, like, it's probably a bit of a testament to, to the setup that you got at the beginning, hey? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, there's nothing more that I, I or the team could have done to be more prepared because we definitely put our best foot forward in preseason and, you know, we actually did, you know, get together and did as much as we possibly could before Melbourne. It's just that, you know, there's only so much that you can uncover on a practice track. And until you go and race it, you know, is when you actually start to figure out new things about the bike and this and that. Because I was stoked at the end of preseason with how my bike was. I didn't really want to change anything at all. And then I went and raced it and I started doing 180. <laughs> started changing shit left, right and center. So, but that's the thing. Like, I would have never figured that out at the practice track. You know what I mean? I had to go and race it to find, find it out. And, um, yeah, like, honestly, the changes that I made, even though we only had a week, the changes that I made from Marvel to Adelaide there, like, I'm happy with where my bike's at now. Like, and we sort of, we ironed out those problems in within the one week. And, you know, I won't be changing my bike going into Newcastle. So, um, yeah, like, we've done pretty much the best that I think we can, you know, like for the time we've had, like, yeah, this, that bike has only been raced in Australia twice so far in, a, in our championship. So yeah, I think we're doing quite a good job. I mean, I think it gets a bad rap too. Cause like Cooper Webb and like the factory 450 guys in America, you know, it was pretty evident that, that, that it wasn't working well for Supercross. Uh, unfortunately, Medi went and did his collarbone at round one. So we sort of don't know on the Australian front what he'd have been able to do with it. But, um, it's, you know, it's good. I, I really like the look of that bike. I think the 23 KDMs look yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, and it's good to see you up there, man. So we, we talked about this before we started the show, looking at the points. So we've got an Englishman out front. You're the Australian in second and then uh, a Canadian in third. So that is quite the, quite the tally of international talent at, uh, in SX2, man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's cool, like, and we're all sort of like, you know, we had our, we've had our, obviously Max has gone 1-1, but, you know, we're all sort of, from what I could understand by the looks of things, like, yeah, you know, even Max said it, I heard him say it in one of the interviews and stuff, like, it's so different. I feel like they find, like, you know, Max and Cole and, you know, they, they finally got a, a little bit more of a taste of what Australian Supercross is like. Like, out, like, when we went to Melbourne, I think it kind of suited them a little bit more. Um, but, you know, I think they got a bit of a taste of what Australian Supercross can be like. Like it gets quite rutted, you know, on some of our tracks and can sometimes break down really bad to the point where like, you know, some of these guys probably turn up with 
stiff suspension that's probably a little bit too much, you know. And, um, from what I heard from what Max was saying, you know, he said that, you know, he was chasing bikes that up all day. Obviously, they, they did a good job there. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to have all the different, um, you know, nationalities there, I guess. Like, it, it, it looks good for our sort of series here that we have in Australia. And hopefully, like, we can get, you know, international athletes over more often because, you know, I feel like it's good and it elevates us, you know, to be better, you know, like gives us a bit of a character chase, you know, like, and, you know, to be honest, you know, we're not that, I mean, you know, we're not that far off, at least last weekend, you know, I wasn't at all from those guys, which is, you know, another reason why it was such a frustrating night for me because, you know, obviously Max is a international world-class rider and, you know, sure, there's probably minimal separation on that track, but, you know, still, like, we're, we're right there. And um, it's just a good carrot for us to chase and put our name out there, I guess. I think it's cool, sorry, just yeah. to comment on Anstey, um, not really related to you, Nato, but in the sense that he's done, you know, MHGP for so many years, and typically then that's those guys' career when they don't really make it, make it on the 450, like where he was at a couple of years ago, that's pretty much them done. They go to like a national championship level again. Um, but then he went to America, reinvented himself, did Supercross, didn't do very well, was on the HEP team, like it's not the best bike and everything. But then he's got this second, third chance with Eureve, and now he's becoming world supercross and all supercross guy, and he'll probably do that for a few years. So it's like that's a really cool opportunity for those guys to come, you know, come here and make some money and have a, you know, an extended career. Um, Until they start getting beaten by our Aussie guys. Well, you know, so that was the thing that I feel like for you, I feel like getting a moto win this year is realistic in supercross, especially when we go to these split formats coming up. Yeah, 100%. Like, sort of to go back to what you were saying, like, obviously Max is doing different things now. and yeah, He was a front front runner in the World Supercross, definitely. And then, you know, for him to come and jump in our Australian series and then, you know, for us to be able to get close to him, like, or whatever, like, it, it looks good for us in a way, you know? Like, and, and I think that's where the benefit comes into them guys being here, you know? Like, he's obviously went and he won races at Marvel in the World Supercross and, Obviously, Wilson's right there with him, and my times and everything are are also right there. Even though I didn't get to race him properly on the weekend because I of my bad start or whatever, but you know, like times and everything, like we're right there. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's I think it's good, and I definitely don't think I don't think a moto wins out of the question at all. Um, I know I can do that for sure. I just need to start up front with those guys and and um, have a go. Uh, without blowing Big Crawf out too much, what was the phone call like with him on um, on the Saturday night? He's um <laughs> he's actually pretty good. He uh he knows what to say and when to say it. Um, yeah, I've been at the knows- that I've been at the track when he's been with you guys, and he's Big Crawf can get <laughs> into his. Yeah, well, see, like as I, yeah, as I said, like he knows exactly when to say, uh, what to say, and when to say it. I think he knew. Um. You know, because he's obviously watching very closely on times and this and that. And, you know, I think he knew what I was capable of on Saturday night. And then for him to see the result, you know, I think he knew I was pissed. So it was more of a, you're good, don't worry about it. Debrief on Monday, sort it out, like we'll be fine sort of thing. Like, you know, he knew that I was pissed. So it wasn't a matter of like him grilling me or anything like that. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like we were talking about before, if a fourth place is going to be my worst result, then 
happy days, you know, like we know, you know, we know where we, we need to be and we know where we can be. So it's just, you know, if it's a bad night, there's no point, you know, him grilling me over it. And I think he knows that because, you know, he, he obviously, you know, everyone works differently and he knows, he knows how I work and what's best, you know, how he can best resonate with me and how to understand me and work with me to know that, you know, I don't think I don't think he's the type of person anyway to be able to no. just, you know, come and grill me unless we purposely need it, you know, like unless you don't do a track practice track a little bit yeah. different. <laughs> practice track it's a little bit different if there's something, you know, if we're just really really behind the ball or something like that. But no, nah, he, he he was fine. Um talking about Big Crawford, um, but obviously he works with yourself, Tanny, uh we've seen Research, like the yeah, for the listeners, so this is the um, Nathan's writing coach. Um, what what what's the company? What's his name? Double O Double O Elite. Double O Elite. Yeah. So yeah. Um, works with yourself, Tanny, uh, KJ. Um, how instrumental has he been to your program? Not even just in the Supercross, but this year. Yeah, well, this was the first year I jumped on in December of twenty one. So, but but obviously that's when our preseason starts. So yeah, I mean. I did a whole lot right before I, with him, right before I broke my leg. And then obviously then we had such a big gap, but then when I got back, you know, like he was, he was there obviously. And, um, yeah, like it's just, it's just good because he's got, he's got a good eye for things that, you know, that we can sometimes forget. And it's the smallest of things that he can remind us of, you know, and it's not always the small things. It's also things that we need to work on like bigger, bigger picture as well. But like, He's been he's been a massive help, and obviously having him at the races and stuff um, has been great. And you know, like it's just good to be able to have somebody um, like him around the track. You know, um, for like when you're done qualifying, racing, or whatever, he he, um, he can come back and you know just talk to us about either things that you know we've worked on during the week that we might not have translated into race, like the race weekend or something like that. Like he, he's he's been pretty important and um yeah i can't thank him enough for the time that he puts into us all as a group that's interesting because um you know i was a riding coach for a long time nathan and what you're saying there is i think at the pro level there's probably a misconception like when you know you're out with the double o crew or you've got ross beaton's crew or ford dale's crew like it's probably not what a lot of people think with coaching where it's not like you're not trying to tell them how to put their fingers on the clutch or weight the outside peg or, you know, keep their elbows up. It's more having someone in your corner that really can dissect everything you're doing to find that. Because at your level, you know, if you look at finding, you know, X amount of tents or whatever to get to Anstey, you know, for you to challenge for wins, um, it's a minute amount of time. But, but trying to find that time at your level is very difficult. You know, for, for someone who's just making a main event to find four seconds on a supercross track throughout the season, that's easy. They can find that in a weekend because they have such a long way to go. But for someone like yourself to find three tenths or two tenths, that can be like a big building task that someone like a coach really is instrumental in, in achieving. So I probably just wanted yeah. to say that more for, for, for the listeners that maybe wonder what a coach does at a pro level because it's definitely not, I think a lot of people have a different perception of what it really is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like there's, there's days, you know, like obviously as well with riding coaches, they might, you know, people might think, you know, oh, they come to the track and they just have a program for that day. And then it might be two 10 lappers or a heat race and two main events or whatever it may be. But we have, we probably only honestly like really do probably 
at the moment as well, we probably really only do one of those days a week. Where the other two days a week, they're just wholly and solely on trying to find ways to go faster around the track. And that's not even like we're not going there and he's just going, all right, today we have to do two six lappers, two ten lappers, a main event, this much rest, blah, blah, blah. Like none of that bullshit. There's definitely days that we do that. But nine times out of ten, we're just like fine tuning our skills because, you know, like we can, we can race 15 laps. You know what I mean? Like we've done it for that long. So it's like we're just honing all our energy on the small things and our skills. And and I think, you know, it clearly shows. Like, you know, myself, my result, I'm sitting second in the championship at the moment. Obviously, Tanny's right up there and he's battling, you know, Justin, who has won this championship four times already in a row. So, like, what we're doing is, is working. So, and I think it's really good. Interesting point, though. You say that we can all do 15 laps. I, I would disagree. Like, you can. I think your fitness is really shining through from what I've seen. Um, because, that, man... That, that's Dean, though. That's part of... Yeah. Yeah. I like Crawl's talk on that. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of guys that you can see, like, especially at Marvel at round one when they were having to do 20 laps on the 450 or, you know, that last 10 laps of the 450 guys and the last five laps of the 250 guys, you could see real quick who has a good base for Supercross with fitness because... You, you were able to maintain. Um, Tanny was able to maintain. He weathered the storm from Wilson. He challenged Brayton. Not many guys could do that. Guys were stalling. Guys were crashing. Guys were end-over-ending through the whoops. Like, so your fitness is definitely noticeable, man, and, and that's really good to see because I feel like that's the difference between like an Australian rider who has a, an elite aspect to his program and has an ability to, you know, you've raced overseas. You've raced the 450 years ago. Like you're in that elite level of Australian racer, whereas there's a lot of Aussie pros on teams that I feel haven't made that jump to elite level fitness and consistency, which clearly like being out all year with a broken femur and then coming back and doing what you did, the base is there. So um, on that note, 2023 um, is coming. I know that it's probably pretty early to be asking, but do you have anything going on confirmed? Are you looking to stay in MX2? Want to go to MX1? Like where are you at with everything? Um. Yeah, so there's probably only so much information I could give away right now. You can dodge um, that. You can dodge that if you want to. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I've got some pretty good um, plans in place. Um, and I think I actually can't, like, for the plans that I do have in place, if they come together, which I'm pretty sure they're going to, um, I can't actually, I'm super keen to be able to get that done and be able to tell everybody because, yeah, I mean, definitely hard without saying too much it's definitely <laughs> diving into something that i've never done before so okay. it's it's uh it's gonna be cool if i can pull it off i think it's gonna i think within the next couple of weeks maybe three weeks or something two to three weeks i'm gonna know exactly what's going on but um yeah no it, it's it's gonna be really exciting and um yeah hopefully like i said in the next couple of weeks it all comes together and i can sort of let everybody know what's happening there but it should be really good yeah, i've been hearing some rumblings not, i'm not even going to bring it up so you have to, <laughs> to talk about it but there's um, been there's been heaps of rumbling yeah i've been hearing some things so um all right nathan hey man i appreciate you coming on um posty you got anything more for him no no all no. good man um we got got aaron tanny coming on uh, later on and we're going to talk some analysis on the results nato so i appreciate you coming on today um Enjoy the weeks of. Uh, I'm assuming you're just going to be keeping the program moving with, with the Supercross yeah, track and the fitness. Um, yeah, and good luck at uh, Newcastle in a few weeks, man. 
Yeah, yeah, perfect. Now, thanks to that lad. Um, cheers to the chat. I'll chat to you soon. All right, thanks, man. See you, bro. See you, boys. All right, guys, Nathan Crawford on the AMX Superstars Australian Supercross recap show. Um, NATO second in points. Didn't have the best round, but I think championship-wise, look, could he Him challenge? Him and Cosford were locked in a battle for that whole main, eh? It's like yeah. they were going to, and yeah, I think Cosford binned it. Well, let's the, go into the MX2 results yeah. for the round. Yep. Give, um, give us the so rundown. So we got ASD first, Cruel. Oh, sorry, that's points. So current points at the moment, we'll just run through the top five. You got ASD on 50. Crawford on 38, Cole Thompson on 36, Ferguson on 34, and Reese Bud on 31. That rounds out your top five. But then notable mentions, uh, Constantino, Barham, Hadlow, and Todd are all within striking distance of that too. So NC does have a decent lead. Um, He's got 12 points on Crawford. However, um, it's Australian Supercross, so anything can can happen. You look at those guys, Todd had the DNF at round one. I think Constantino landed on Barham, didn't yeah, he, at he did, Adelaide? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you got two more rounds. Those points can shift quite a lot. Yeah, and Barham, uh, Constantino, and someone else, like they were like, like Nato just said, it was carnage at first. I didn't get to see a whole lot of it because I looked through like a little screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have as much analysis as you'd think, but uh, I did see the yeah, Barham. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about that real quick. Like the, I said this to the boys, and this isn't a shot at, AME or whoever the promoters are. Mm. But how the fuck do we go to QMP or Wonthaggy or these Maitland places and have live TV and we don't have anything for Australian Supercross? And this, like I said, once again, this isn't a shot at the retainers, but at the, sorry, promoters. the promoters. Yeah. Because I don't know, I, I know live TV and streaming and everything, it's an ordeal. Like, I get it. Don't get me wrong. Look, it's, look here is my understanding and anyone is welcome to hit me up in the DMs yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that with the split promoter model, yeah. each promoter is responsible for the TV at yeah, their okay. round, right? Yeah. And inherent to that, because it's Fox Australian Supercross, mm-hmm. but then promoters can sell sponsorship for their own rounds. Yeah. So I believe, because I've done different work with... Um, different people. With different promoters and Supercrosses over the years. Yeah. And... I know that their TV packages came out of their budget. Yeah. You know, like when we did um, 2019 Supercross, I was at Brisbane, I was at Wollongong, and that was with the old Troy Bayless events, the old TBE promotion, which now Mark Pito runs. He's running the last round. Okay. Um, So do we have TV at the last one? I don't know. Now, Pito did TV at his event earlier in the year that we were talking about before, which was the... the, um, Whatever Supercross Super Duper Speedway Cross. I can't remember what it was called. It was actually a really cool event. I hope that comes back at at the Speedway. But um, it was the the combo of Speedway and Supercross. Yeah, cool. It it was really cool. Um, But he had TV there. Okay. So I believe if anyone's going to do TV, because obviously AME are at Newcastle. They're promoting Newcastle. Okay. I don't know about TV there. Yeah. But you've got to think with AME, it would be televised. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then hopefully the last one is. So hopefully yeah, we just, I just miss like, one. I just, I just think for the sport, you know what I mean? Like we just come off a really, in my opinion, I think we come off a really good Pro MX series. I think our mm. Australian motocross series is really, really, really good. And then we come off what the boys pulled off at Melbourne. Once again, I think it was amazing. Channel 7, man. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Like, dude, there was like crew that don't main, watch racing and they were watching it. Mainstream platforms. Okay. And as amazing. much as I've been guilty of saying this, you know, I'm in digital, right? Yeah. You know, consultancy, the agency that I run, you know, inside the, they're all digital publications. They're all yeah. digital assets. 
So sometimes TV to me, I'm a bit like take it or leave it because there's live streaming, there's this and that. But yeah. but when when I sat at home and watched Marvel on TV, it, you do forget that a lot of the population still consumes through television, not streaming, yeah. not anything else. Well, I think right? sporting events, so you like, like you sit down and watch it. You well, know yeah, I mean? it like becomes sporting events like grand final and all that sort of stuff. Unless yeah. you're away working, like you're watching the footy on TV, yeah. you know, Super not, Bowl or whatever. Exactly. Right? So like it's still like you know, it's a sporting event. You want to sit there with your mates and have banter between the boys. Like I just, all that aside, like MX Store was IG live streaming the the race. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that. And it's just two steps forward, one step back. When that is and the I case, don't, like I said, I don't know the full details, and I don't, I don't know I the just inner know workings like of TV. TV production, like people think that people think that someone's paying Supercross to have it on TV. Yeah, no, Supercross is paying to be on TV. I'm aware, but so I'm aware, but I, I, is there not something that we could put like a half dodgy live stream together? Like you know what I mean? Like I've had friends that run promotions and they put live stream together for the fights and stuff all the time. Now again, I know it's motocross, but it's also supercross. We have three lanes. It comes down to um, comes down to the promoter. Yeah, you know, even yeah. even a, a let's say a dodgy stream might be ten grand. Yeah, I get that. I it, do. It, I do. It would I do be understand. more than that, dude. It will be yeah. more than that. And yeah. I understand money. Like I understand. Every, you know, I, I I truly truly get that. I just really think it's a shame for the sport. It is, man. That we is. don't have a TV package, And I think you know? Pro, Pro MX and AME yeah. with World Supercross and that round one, they set the bar so high. Yeah. That and now then we got enough. We've gone back to a round with nothing. It's like, whoa, what and a I, culture I, shock. I just think it's an Australian series. Like if you watch the Friday night and you're like, well, I'm invested in Wilson Todd or Nathan Crawford or like I'm invested in Aaron. Is Aaron Tandy going to beat Justin Brayton? Mm. Like I mean, I've become invested in the riders and these storylines. And the next rounds, the week after – and we've got nothing. Like that's and props to Moto Online, props to Full Noise, props to Inside Dirt for putting out what they can. But what's looking at the results on a on a phone or looking at the results yeah, on a website a few, aren't, aren't, aren't isn't the same as watching the race yourself and then sitting there and having banter between the boys or you know being able to sit you be able to sit here and go well yo I watched yeah I, you know, to it, make a move on it so. it is difficult I've been piecing together everything I can yeah. um. And yeah, like it's, you know, it's weird for me because I haven't not been at the races for a long time. And, and the way Supercross worked out for us this year as a company, we just didn't really have a lot of contracts that could warrant going to the events. Um, like you said, it costs to go to these races too. You know? Well, you know, we had a lot of stuff lined up that kind of fell through. And when it fell through, I hadn't had anything in backup because I thought we were going to be working, you know, with the championship, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, it didn't, it didn't align. But um, look, I, you know, Newcastle and and Wagga, you know, let's hope that it's back. So um, let's finish up talking about MX2 because we've also yeah. got the um, the Tanny interview to put out and we'll talk about MX1. So um, so Anstey obviously come out and won it, dominated. Yeah, he dominated um, again. You know, I think Anstey, if he keeps getting good starts, it's going to be really hard to beat. Yeah. I think Thompson is going to be there. Yeah. I think that obviously Nato, if he gets a start, he can challenge for Yeah, Moto I think win. Nathan definitely had the speed all day. Like he's, I think he was a little bit modest on the on the interview then. He, um, he's pretty, he, yeah. he, he looked genuinely very, like he looked like a, an ASD or, you know, a, you know, the eye test, you look at these guys, and you're like, oh yeah, they're, they're it's fast. There. You know, definitely, uh, even on that track where everyone looked fast, you know, he was that next tier. Mm. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. There's there's the, uh, the Aussie pros yeah. and then there's the elite level yeah. and I feel that he is one of the few in SX2 that is in that elite level, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and obviously his career thus far with MXGP and he's raced many years 
yeah. of Prime X, yeah. Max Nationals. So um, injuries, Jai Roberts went out. Um, Bad, hey? Did you see the... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jai Roberts, who else got injured that round uh, in, in SX2? Uh, Ravenhorse went down. Ravenhorse went down to yeah, practice. Yeah. Shout out to both those guys. We hope that they are doing okay. Because our Ravenhorse did... Bleeding on his lungs, broke a bunch of it ribs. Was big, like yeah, yeah. They, they stopped the qualifying for it. So yeah, it was and big. like he's got a new baby and a business and stuff. So I, I hope he's all right. And obviously, it, um, it, just a shout out to that team. Sick. Mm. Like the whole setup. Yeah, I haven't cool. seen obviously it. Marvel, yeah. no one would have seen yeah, their rig. So yeah. um, very cool. It's cool. Tom Carroll. I don't know the, the other owners. I know Liquid Liquid Molly's involved or whatever it is, but. Um, yeah, look, man, I've I've owned a race team. It is not a yeah. it's a thankless task, yeah. and it's a good way to burn up a lot of money. Um, so with those but full semi and everything, man. yeah, man, very yeah. cool. Yeah, I know who they bought the semi from. So oh, okay. um, we we chatted about that, and um, that Tom Tom and he's been in the sport a long time, Tom Carroll, yeah. and and whoever his partners are, good luck to him, man. Yeah, like, especially um, with Aussie Supercross. Look, hopefully it grows past four rounds next year. Yeah. I remember when it was Super X back in the day. You wouldn't have been around back then, hey? Or well, I remember watching it. Yeah, like I think the most it ever got to was five or six rounds. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't sustainable. They were going to the big stadiums, and and in the end, Global Action Sports, I think, actually went bankrupt because of Super X. Okay. Um, I'd love to see Supercross go to like six rounds. Dude, that that I was meant to race that year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just moved to Australia, and I, I had a deal with a local team. And then uh, I didn't have any tracks to ride. I didn't know enough people. It all fell through. And I, I was watching them live every week on Foxtel. And I was like, oh, you know, but um, wasn't sustainable. That's the thing. Like, and to me, I've said this before, you can only fill one stadium a year in Australian Supercross. Because when you look at Marvel, what used to be Oz X, every Supercross fan in Australia flies to that round. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't replicate that in Sydney and Brisbane and da da da. Like, it's too, too close. Yeah. Like I've, always, I've always wondered, like, like, can you replicate, say, what um, they do in Victoria? Like, say, what they do at Melbourne, mm. in Brisbane at, say, Suncorp or something like that. But you'd have to get the governments on board. And then they get, there would be, a, there'd, there'd be an argument between the governments, like, who gets this round and how much money. And it would it would become a dogfight very quickly. Yeah, you know? it, it wouldn't work. Like man. I said, like, uh, we could sit here and bitch and complain all we like. And, we, oh, there wasn't enough dirt or anything like this. But I... I'm just glad. I'm thankful that we're going racing. I'm thankful that the boys get paid because if they don't go racing, and this sounds selfish, but if the boys don't go racing, I don't get paid. You know what I mean? So I'm in this yeah. situation. I'm as thankful as what the riders are, and I think as a sport, um, we we really, as a local, as a fan, you really need to get behind our our Australian riders and our series and start watching it because. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here and a tirade. Let's bring it. But pisses me off man we see i get email i get sorry i get dms on instagram all the time like crew sending me oh did you see what roxon just did mm. man who cares show me what dobson just did show me what crawford just did like if we had as much hype as what we had about the american riders like i couldn't care less about ken roxon mm. great Dude, rider etc like how many things i got sent about him on a on a blue bike today it's like i don't care the, the thing is, man... Show me what... What's, like, like, Dobson's been putting out the same... What bike am I going to be on next year? Like, we should be talking about that, man. We should. And the, the catch-22 is this. As an industry, unfortunately, what drives numbers 
is international, you know, and, and I don't, you know, this is partly what Inside Dirt is. Like if you, if it was a why, why am I bringing Inside Dirt back to the degree mm. we are now? Yeah. Certainly not to make money <laughs> because the, the sponsorship that we have, thank the sponsors, first yeah. of all, it, it couldn't do it without you. But with that being said, I'm doing this because I've had this publication for the last, you know, three or four years. Before that, it was MX Nationals property. I was involved there's been too much work gone into it for it to, to phase out. Mm-hmm. And I feel that not to say that any other publication in Australia is doing it wrong, but I feel like there needs to be a platform that really, you know, there's, there are some out there, you know, you've got Moto Online, you've got Moto Limited, like core Australian yeah. demographic yeah. E- endemic to our industry. Yeah. Um, but we put the content out. It's about the Aussie fans trying to get behind it because you, you regram a post of Ken Rocks and riding a Yamaha today and the internet's going to break down and we put up the previews of the show tonight with Tanny and whatnot and people will be interested. We'll get our, li- you know, listens. But, you know, unfortunately, this is this is the trade-off to having the internet and TV because back when it was Mr. Mo- everyone's like, man, no one's doing it like Mr. Motocross or no one's doing it like Rod Laver Arena spokes promotions in 2001. Yeah, there was no fucking internet. There was no TV that you could watch. You know, that's when Australian basketball was massive because you couldn't watch NBA. Yeah. You know, now you can watch the best guys in the world in your living room. Why are you going to care about the local guys? Yeah, but my my counterpart to that is we have... You're not wrong, We have the best guys in the world. Oh. And And me and... uh, There was a show and we had to cut it because me and Darnell got pretty heated about it, um, about Aussie riders versus America and, you know... For context, it was I should have said I said that Aaron Tanney should have gone to the destinations over Mitch. You did, and, and that was, you that and Darnell got pretty heated on that. Yeah, but anyway, that's not <laughs> the point. But my thing is, is like you said that, like man, you should, you guys should be like I see these kids and they they're screaming for Nathan Crawford's signature, or, you know, Dylan Wills, all this stuff. But if you look at Nathan Crawford, look at man, Aaron Tanney, Todd Waters, Kirk Gibbs, Dean Ferris, or, and there's some of the older guys, but the new guys that are coming up too, man. Mm. Like we're with Jesse Dobson, Wilson Todd, like the world class Webster, yeah, world class athletes, man. And I think World Supercross is going to show that it's yeah. going to because obviously the connections with AME and, and WSX yeah. being Australian, yeah, you're going to see a lot of guys like Tanny. This is not fact; I don't know anything. Yeah, but it, would it surprise you that Tanny was it would end up getting signed to AMA Supercross next year? Like it wouldn't surprise me. Oh, like, I'm sure there's like, been a couple of emails sent back you know, and forth. So yeah. again, that, but like look at what Duffy did when he went to the to the those yeah, nations. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm just saying if you wonder where the, he lands next year, CDR, I reckon for sure because there'd be a seat up for the World Supercross. Mm, there, there's there's word there's a few words of him ending up there and and I've heard some other colors as well. Oh okay, there's a lot going on in silly season. That's a show in well, itself. Beaten is another one. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. I don't know. If he's I coming. read that he wants to stay and even do a privateer route, but I know it's very hard to do privateer. Dude, he might want to, but realistically, I don't know, man. I would love to see him stay over there. I think he's yeah. got a lot more to offer. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting a bit off topic. But this is what I'm saying, though. It's like at the end of the day, is like if we get behind our series as much as what we get behind the American series, man, our sport's only going to prosper, and our athletes are only going to prosper even more. You know, that, and that, that's my thing. Is I like, think Australian culture has a lot to do with it, though. Yeah, I just get so frustrated. Because, like... Because I couldn't care less. And this is, once again, not a... Well, Mick hates Americans. Well, that's not the case, because... You don't like America? No, I just... No, I just no, don't, I I don't feel care you. for it, man. I feel you. You know I what do. I mean? Look, I, and, again, I agree, because I've we have this publication. Like I, where I, got, I got into an argument with a 
certain um, store mm. about their cutout. And it was, oh, they've got Hunter Lawrence there. I'm like, that's great. Oh, sorry, it's Jet Lawrence. I'm like, Jet Lawrence is obviously a superstar. Australian, mm. you know, an inspiration to kids. Well and good. Yes, Jet Lawrence should have a cutout. But why do we not have a Luke Clout cutout or a Todd Waters cutout or these ones? Our local, you know, the Australian top of this point. Tell me not. Tell me now, Luke Clout and Aaron Tanny aren't world class athletes. Like that's insane, dude. I, I I've told this story before when I was doing my coaching schools back in the day. You know, I've got like hardcore families. Like we're, yeah. we're 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 going all over the country doing the, the state camps. We're doing the junior Aussies camps. Yeah. And I remember talking to um one of the parents. And he was like, oh, yeah, I heard this on the Whiskey Throttle Show, da, da, da. And I was like, oh, curious. Do you listen to Inside Dirt? Yeah. You know, you, you obviously, you, you know me, and we have the platform. He said, nah, man, I don't. And I was like, why? I'm just curious. Yeah. I, don't, I'm, I don't care, but I'm curious why you don't listen. He said, because I don't care about Australian motocross. Yeah. But I was like, your kid is racing. Like, your kid's yeah. going to go to Prime X. He's not going to go to... Yeah. Like, wouldn't you want to know the industry here? Yeah. And I feel like that's why there's such a attrition rate when these riders go to pro yeah. from juniors in Australia because the parents haven't done the due diligence to understand the industry, to understand the teams, the riders. Yeah. And it's such a culture shock. I mean, we look, we should talk about it, this it, in it other just, shows. Yeah. But, it just like, know. it just, it's just wild to me. Like that's the thing mm. is I just don't like, and I would understand if like, like I'm a big football soccer fan, right? Yeah. yeah. And some leagues have, te- have terrible teams, terrible players, terrible management. Mm. So you probably don't like okay Australian football, not great. I we don't really yeah. have world class footballs, right? Or they're on their retirement tour. So, or yeah, so yeah. it's it's hard to get behind it. I'll go watch English, right? Mm. But we have world class athletes. Like we've seen them. Mm-hmm. We've seen them go toe to toe with the Americans. Yeah, look, you're not wrong. You know, um, can it get to like the level of V8 supercars in Australia? This is the this is the thing is that. I still think it comes down to relatability. We'll, we'll yeah. Te- we'll, we'll, yeah, okay. We'll, 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 we'll do here. another show. We'll do, we'll do plenty more talking about this. Let's talk about SX1 okay. um, before we put the Tanny interview on to finish this yep. one up. So AMX Superstore's uh, Australian Supercross recap show on the Inside Dirt Network. We are talking about Adelaide and we're going to talk about SX1. And with that, you can't talk about SX1. You know, I interviewed Tanny, so we won't talk too much about it. Yep. Gets the win over Brayton. They've got the points lead is tied going into round three. We've got two red plates. Um, quite the storyline. Tanny is, I said this in the interview, uh, career year, yeah, massive, yeah. and he's really hitting his strides. Like, even if he bombs out of this with two rounds to go, yeah. I think he has done enough. Yeah, where he is a legit, legit title threat anywhere in the world from now on. You know, I'm not talking about MXGP and stuff, but I'm talking about if he was to go race lights in America, he'd be a, a guy. A guy. Yeah, I agree. Is he going to be a podium guy every round? Probably not but yeah. could he be a top five guy in america i believe he could yeah. um can he challenge prime x next year yes can he be a podium guy in sx2 in world sx hell could he be a podium guy next year in sx1 in yeah. world sx probably could yeah he's at that level now um and he's only he's 25 he's only just hitting his stride yeah um and man like you look at cloudy right off of a year and things like that where tani has elevated this now yeah, you know i 100%. really think he has and yeah. um the way he rode on the weekend, pure, in control, cool as, no stress. And I've been vocal. Tanny is not afraid to hang it out. but He's gotten a lot better. He's gotten a lot better. Like, yeah. it's not – and Justin Brayton in the post-race interview said, I was waiting for a mistake. Yeah. And I feel like Justin now will be not scratching his head, but he's going to be going, okay, the, mis- like, the mistake came at Melbourne. I think a lot of riders 
we're even doing that in Prime X though. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, we know Tanny to go. He's got the speed. Yeah. But will he last? Yeah, like, yeah. where's he going to happen? And, you know, there was a couple of moments there, Mackay and, so, you know, where it did happen. But, man, from where he was, say, 2019 or 2018. Mm. Oh, like, nine day, not, man. not even the same dude, you know? Yeah, and we'll leave it there because I talk about yeah. a lot of this in the, in the yeah. pre-recorded interview. Yeah. Brayton didn't seem stoked. He was there or thereabouts. Um, yeah, he was good. Um, in the interview, in the post-race stuff, he was like, you know, once again praising Tan. He said he was a big fan. And I think I do believe the word was, if I'm going to get beat, I don't mind being beaten by Tanny. Um, well, I think, like, there's the there's the sort of... You know, if this was two, three years ago and he was two-time champ, he'd be pissed. Yeah. He's four-time champ. He's late 30s. If if He's going to have a successor. Yeah. You know, someone's coming through. Now, again, this year, Luke Clout should have won Prime X and on Supercross. Yeah. That, that's the script. Yeah. If you'd asked me in January who's going to win everything, yeah. it's going to yeah. be Luke Clout as far as Australian goes. Yeah. Um, that hasn't happened. And now Tanny's the guy that's filled that gap, which yeah. is phenomenal. And again, we talk about this, but for Brayton, he's going to want to get beat by someone that at least it means something to their career. Mm. And th- this is a career year for Tanny. Um, Brayton, short race is coming up. I still think consistency is going to be on his side. Yep. But he's got to execute, man. There's going to be five gate drops to finish the championship in main events. Yep. Triple header and a double header. Yep. Five gate drops. A lot of shit can go down. I mean, luckily Vince Freeze isn't trying to saw his leg off in the first turn and any of these coming up. But um, it's going to be interesting, man. Like, how yeah. does it play out? And I, I really see it going down to the wire at Wagga. Yeah, I just – there's another rider that I'd like to add to the mix. He's a little bit out in points, I believe. But um, – oh, he's not. He's actually in third. And he's only – I can't do good maths, but 47 minus 34, good whatever math. that is. That's about 13 points. 47? Oh, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it is 13 points, my bad. Um, wow. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, not good, good at maths. Good so, job. Yeah. Um, is Mossy man, and he was. Yeah, Mossy dude, is. He's was, still there. Nah, hey. man. Like, take a seat, boys, because Mossy <laughs> man, he was leading the heat race by like, and in that heat heat race, there was Tanny, there was, Everybody, you know, yeah. yeah, and he was, and then he stalled it. So I don't know what's happening there. Well, that's a thing because he stalled it round one. Yeah, he said that. I, yeah. I put that down to fitness with um, round one because it was okay. late in the race. Yeah, but you know what, like. It could be, and I'm just completely guessing, but I know Matt runs a punchy bike. Like that thing would have a lot of compression. And in Supercross, when they get hot and you've got that much compression on a slow track, it's easy for them 450s to stall. And if he's running like a high comp piston and cams and his ignitions maybe not quite where it needs to be with the settings, um, it's a privateer team. Like not talking bad about those guys, but that can happen. And I've I've had privateer teams where we're running motors and ignitions and it's like, you just don't quite have the R&D that the, the factory teams do. Yeah. And shit goes wrong. So it could, man, he could just be fucking too heavy on the back brake. Who knows? But yeah. it, he's experienced enough where you think there maybe there could be more to, to it. Matt Moss was heavy on the back brake. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I just, yeah, like like you said, he made that mistake and then um, pulls a holy in yeah. every, every race he every, enters. Every, yeah. So that bike is a rocket ship. Um, literally Matt, literally sending it on Senate Energy BBR 102 Motorsports. Um, he, can he get a moto win? Of course. Hell By the yeah, end of the dude. season, he's going to get a moto man. win. I reckon, and you got to remember too, like we, we keep going back to this, no one's racing three years or, you know, Matt hasn't raced in five, six. I know. And you know what's crazy? And then you go from not racing, being on the couch, like, man, I remember when I first interviewed him two years ago, 
the dude was smacking durries and driving a bobcat. <laughs> I remember you talking know? to him. He's like just been punching d- pies and yeah. and and smoking smokes. And he is not Matt is not your stereotypical pro motocrosser. No. Like he is very much a, a normal dude. Yeah. Uh, like even his friendship group away from the track. Like yep. he brings them to the track. Yeah. He he runs his own deal. Um. Yeah. It's it's very impressive what himself and Baden have been able to put together. Um, and Baden, he, he has a real business. He has a family. Like, Baden yeah. is um, it, he's dedicated. You yeah, know? yeah. It's like, and the when Matt decides to hang it up, that's the foundation for the next. Like, there, I know, and I, sh- I just want to give Jackson Hadlow a shout out. Um, dude, yeah, he, was he the kid that finished? Uh, where did he get? On, on in, my, NMX2? Uh, I think it was eighth. Like, yeah. in between, yeah, eighth. In between, like, full on factory guys yeah like, like rock no up. mechanic no mechanic and drove him by himself yeah and i know he trains with mossy so badass dude like yeah. that's sick um Look, and we need it's ironic right because the the bbr truck is my old, it's the is my old team's truck oh okay sick. yeah they, they yeah. bought it from my business partner that was part of me and the team yeah. um so I, i'm actually pretty glad to see it went to that sort of that team. sort of team yeah. because um you know, Scotty Brewster did a really good job with that truck, and 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 when my team exited, he kept it going for a couple of years with the SB Suzuki SB team, yep. uh, and then and then Baden bought it. So um, it's it's the same model, and I know how hard it is to keep those privateer teams going. Yeah. Um. So shout out to those guys, man. Mossy, I, I just bet rider intros and stuff. He's like still such a fan favorite. Oh, dude! Like the, I remember walking through the pit party and just the. The, cr- the amount of crowd mm-hmm. that were around his truck. Yeah. Like, He's the true blue Aussie hero, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, not to blow up in anyone's, but to see what he's doing and to know that he's almost there. And if you ask him, man. Oh, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Like he's going to, there is absolutely zero doubt in his mind that he can't win. And what he's doing is showing it both in rounds. You know, he's top, he's right outside the top three. Is he coming back next year? I. Oh, don't know about motocross, but I'd assume that he's super cross. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this world supercross supercross thing is going to give him a new lease of. Yeah, I'm not sure if that bud thing's continuation or. Yeah, I mean, I think he did well enough that it might be. Yeah, for you sure. Know? Like maybe yeah. not with that team, but um, I think I genuinely feel a lot of these teams are going to be looking to Australia for riders. Yeah, definitely. Because a lot of American talent is going to be tied into doing super duper world circus cross. Yeah. Right. So is that the American one? Yeah, you know they're doing the. I'm out of it. I yeah. don't know the news. Well, so no. this is my silent protest. <laughs> Anyone that talks to me about American Supercross, I've got no idea. Well, they're doing this thing to to essentially combat World Supercross. They're, oh, okay. they're claiming it's not. Okay. And they're they're claiming it's been in the works forever. So what is it? Motocross and Supercross put together. Motocross and Supercross are working together. Oh. So there's um, 17 Supercrosses. Oh, okay. There's 10 or 11 outdoors, and then there's three Super Duper Crosses. Which is like, remember what Monster Energy Cup used to be? Oh yeah. There's now three of them at the end of the year, oh. but you have to qualify to from motocross and supercross to do them. So basically, the American industry is banded together and gone. We're not supporting World Supercross. We're going to do this. Well, so World Supercross has gone on that stress about it. Yeah, I mean, True. apparently they were working on this like before COVID, but I find it a little sus that all of a sudden, like they ran the Super Duper Cross um, press. Launch is that what it's really called? Super Duper Cross. <laughs> I'm just talking shit. Oh. It's, it's called Super Motocross. Okay. It, it's it, it could have been marketed better, but anyway, um, it's a bit like Oz Pro MX's first logo. <laughs> it's probably on par with Darnell that. made that. 
Darnell. <laughs> He's going to be so mad if you. <laughs> we did. Oh, Darnell official. Um, so that's the thing. The yeah. American industry is tying up their guys because okay. they don't want to fund World Supercross. Yeah, I saw that um, Hunter and Jack got pulled out of the yeah, Paris Hunter races. Yeah, like well. I, Honda's just going across the board, no. Yeah, I don't think KDM Group KDM globally, is, globally is not supporting it. Yeah, okay. Look, it, my opinion... They're not supporting World Supercross, right? No. Okay. And here's what's going to happen. It, you, you can quote me on this. Everyone's like talking shit on it now in America and, and most likely in, in MXGP as well. Okay. In about two or three years' time when they make this a success, because they will. Yeah. The, you can't have the funding and the people involved yeah. that, that World Supercross has. Yeah. Um, race director, Ken Williams. Yeah. You know, promoted MX National successfully for 25 years. Yeah. Adam Bailey, Sando, Tony Cochran. Their board has got like legit sports business yeah. people from like, you know, all the American industry talking shit. This is going to be a fucking success. It's going to be a big success. Yeah. And in about three years time, when, when this isn't going away, they're going to have to rethink this and then you're going to have factory back teams coming in. I, I genuinely yeah. believe that. Because the model's based on F1, right? Like they, F1 they, and V8s where you own licenses. Okay. Um, and maybe the licenses don't change. Maybe the teams stay the same, but then all of a sudden, because technically CDR is a factory back team, yeah, but okay. it's Australian Yamaha. Okay. Um, you know, MDK, private team. Um, Joey Savarchi's team, private team. Rick okay. Ware, you know, Ricky Bobby Racing, yep. you know, wearing their awful hats and graphics, but whatever. I just feel like it's going to it's gonna change the way, you know, the American industry doesn't understand it and that's why they're scared of it. Yeah. Because they can't fathom that if if a factory isn't writing a bonus check, yeah, how can it be profitable for yeah. anybody? You know? I do know that the boys make good money because I know that... Um, yeah, off the record, we've talked about it. Yeah. And there's good money for these I guys. I think one of the boys said that even riding around outside the top 10, they made decent money in the 450 class. Mm-hmm. Like, just riding it. Like, if you're a racer, you're going to go where the money is, aren't you? And that's the thing. Being, you know, Alex Ray or someone that's putting together their own program and do American Supercross and spending most of what they're making. Yeah. Like I used to be pretty tight with Gavin Faith. He used to stay at my house when he was over for Oz Supercross and stuff back in the day. Yeah. And Gavin would do the wet, the East Coast 250s. Yeah. And he would basically told me everything he made he spent. Yeah. And yep. the only reason he did it was because it was his marketing and it was, I mean, look, he made some money. You know, everyone says they'd spend more than they do, but it, you know, it was his marketing and his training for the global stuff he did. Oh, Supercross Europe. That's where he made all his money. We used to go to Germany and we used to come to Australia. That's how he did it. Yeah. So he had to fund his American program. Right. But those privateers, they're not killing it over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not what people think. Even yeah. the 450 guys, like, yeah, if you're a main event guy every week, sure, you're going to make good money between gear and, and prize money and contingency for the manufacturer, but you're going to spend a lot of it too. Yeah. You know, World Supercross. Anyway, um, got off topic again. Also, but, uh, Cole Webster. Fifth. Fifth. Step okay. in the right direction yeah. for Webby. And the Honda boys of Germany back fourth. to the States. Fourth was uh, Mossy. Yeah. Yeah. And Josh Hill in third. Sorry, Hill. I mean, he's in for clout now. Yeah. Is, is he, he for the rest of the season? For the rest of the season? I think it was just Adelaide's he was in the country, but I'm yeah. sure they're going to bring him back. Like, okay. for what it'll cost him. Well, I know Brayton's flying out. They all flew back. They all flew home. Yeah. I mean, I mm, I don't know. Uri's program with them boys over there is amazing for the World Supercross. Yeah. But for Australian Supercross now, I'm like... Is he trying to get everything under one? Well, under one. Um, I feel like this banner? is what it is, right? Team owner, he bases Firepower Honda. Martin Davalos is the team manager. It's out of Millsack Training Facility. They have world class supercross tracks there. He's obviously committed his resources over there to the relationship with MTF. He's had a long relationship with Colleen and MTF. So 
for what it costs him to fly some riders over. Yeah. That, that's the only extra expense. He's yeah. got bikes over there. He's got bikes over here. He's got no super cross tracks here. The weather's unpredictable. Yeah. So why wouldn't you do it? But yeah, my fair. only concern is that they've got the best tracks and the best dirt for, for world and American supercross over there. I don't know if that translates to the Adelaide showgrounds or Wagga in a few weeks. Yeah. Just my two cents. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot easier for him to run tech R and D. What an experience for Webster though. And oh, Wilson I mean, Todd, you know what I mean? You like, would talk about so accelerating your supercross career. Like, yeah. You know, it's great. Um, be a Webster, look, he needs to stay healthy. He needs to get through the season. I just can't wait to see him in motocross next year. That's motocross, what I'm saying, I, dude, I like, shouldn't, you know, count, look forward. You should appreciate what you got right now. But man, next year is looking to be so good. Yeah, I mean, look, Ferris is, Ferris is stepping back, but pretty much everyone else is. Everyone's still there. Everyone's like, still oh, there. From what I know, I know Gibbsy's still in. I know well, Gibbsy, Toddy, um, Aaron. Aaron. Webster. Webster. Duffy. And then you're probably going to have maybe Beaton and maybe Wilson Todd. Yeah. If Duff, Wilson. Duffy. Duffy. Like, Dude, like the, it's cool because we're almost seeing that complete change of the guard at the moment. Well, it's out. about time. You know? Yeah. Like Tanny yeah. managed to do it this year. Yeah. And now I don't. Oh, Cloudy. You put Cloudy in it or whoever, you know. Yeah, Cloudy will be back. I mean, yeah. I've heard a lot of rumblings about Clout in America again. With AMA, I think he wants to be a supercross guy. Anyway, um, okay, cool. Who was uh, six? Was it Richardson? Uh, Dude, won a heat race. He did win the heat race. He won a heat race convincingly. Oh, that was the one he was in with Mossy. So yeah, Mossy Mossy stalled it in the thing, and um, but yeah, looked really good. That's really really cool. Was he six in the main? No. Who was six? Uh, Wilsey. Wilsey. Yeah, six again. Yeah. Man, solid. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I believe that he's genuinely pumped on how. I this think he's a little, campaign's going. little bummed out on the weekend, but yeah. um, going, look, Wilsey, I've always said this about Wilsey. I love him. Can ride a bike incredible. Yeah. He just hasn't put in the race win or the podiums to go. You know, I'm talking about Aussie pros and then elite level like yeah. Crawford. Wilsey is still yeah. Aussie pro. Yeah. And it just concerns me that like he has this opportunity and if he gets a couple more top fives, like that's great. But he needs that standout race. He yeah. needs the podium. He needs a heat race win. He needs something. Yeah. Would you agree? Um, I don't know because I just – I look at the field and do I – is Dylan Wills got the credentials of Justin Brayton? No. Probably not. Josh Hill, no. But don't but get me do wrong. But do you know what I mean? Like I'm looking at Dylan Wills against the guys that he is. Man, that 450 class is a different animal. And he's had oh, – once again – and once again, man, that's – a brand new bike. That's a new 450. So he's had, yeah. and then he's also, he's carried that shoulder injury from motocross into the thing. So I'm not discounting what he's doing. No, 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 he's no. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just saying, I look I at the credentials I, that he's racing against. So I'm like, well, to me, if you get a, if, if you're fifth, fourth, that's fucking awesome. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. Is he is he is he over delivering on where he should be in the four fifties? I think he's right there. Yeah. Does he need more? Okay, so if he steps back to a two fifty class, is he a winner? This is the catch, isn't it? Because if he'd have raced two fifty supercross this year, he probably could have been there or thereabouts yeah. as far as a podium guy or yeah. at least a top five guy. Yeah. But do you see someone like Willsey going to World Supercross? If he got the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I think he would be an amazing world supercross rider. Yeah. Two fifty class. Yeah, he's perfect guy to be a five to, you know, like he could be there. You look at Derek Drake and oh, no, see Derek you, Kelly, whoever it was that was. Mumford, all Mumford those sort of dudes. Like, you asked me about them. Yeah, Wilsey's one of them. Yeah, he's 100%. definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, 
again, there's so much talent in Australia. I just, I just, I just, once again, I just think if you put him up with those credentials of the 450 guys, like, dude, that's that's a heavy, heavy field there. You know what I mean? Like, Aaron Tanney, literally, like, you're not, it's not the Aaron Tanney that we were talking about two years three, ago. Three no. years ago. Like, we're talking about national championship. He's about Tanny. a guy that's won national championship, podium on Supercross, like, legit. Like a bad dude. And then you've yeah. got Justin Brayton, five ridden for every factory team in the state. Like, this is the list. Josh Hill. AMA Supercross winner, mm. rooting for every factory team on the best bike as well. So yep. you've got just just to Put play this it in out. Perspective, yeah. yeah, you've got a CDR Yamaha mm-hmm. and Aaron Tanney, national champion. Yeah, you've got Justin Brayton, legend of Supercross, rooting for everyone. Mm. Factory Honda, one Daytona two years ago. <laughs> exactly, dude. Then in third you got Josh Hill, Bad CDR dude. Yamaha. Yeah. Um, then you've got Matt Moss. Australian legend. Three-time champion, undefeated. Yeah. And and then you've got Kyle Webster next. In air quotes, if you were to put him against Aaron Tierney this year in Pro MX, that would have been amazing. Mm. Goes out injured after he wins his first race. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the depth is pretty nice. If you actually yeah. look at the depth, okay, Dylan Wills is probably around there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I know what you're trying to say, but for I'm his just career, trying to put it in for his career, I feel yeah. like he needs more. But for what he's doing, is great. So I it's, just think, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm just looking at, it and then I'm like, well, then you've got Melross in seventh. Bad dude lives in the states forever. Yeah, I'm, again, Melross, a little off where I thought he would be in Supercross. What happened to him to get seventh? To be brutally honest with you. I can't recall a whole lot of the 450 race. Okay, that's cool. Because I was, because... Yeah, when you're shooting content. Of po- well, and on top of that, on the way that the quote-unquote politics were of the track, there was, I had to run around the track. Right. Yeah, um, we won't get into that. Um, to shoot what I needed to shoot, and I had a lot of people to shoot for. So, to be honest, I was more just looking at trying to get my shot. So, if you ask me to give you a breakdown analysis of this race, I I don't know what happened to no, every just dude. Curious, you know what I mean? Like Mel Ross to get seventh, I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. I don't think it was a great day for him. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, but like I said, man, that once like what NATO said in that top, it was carnage, man. Yeah. Like it was barbang and there was like, I've got a video of, like, I mean, how far off were the, all these dudes? Like, man, they're all running like the same lap time. You know what I mean? Like there's really. Well, that's what I'm talking to NATO about. It's tense. You're talking tense of a second. Dude, like all of those dudes. Um, yeah, Hayden Maros, Jackson Richardson. And then it, you know, Dylan Wood. And then it sort of really does drop off in the, um, I don't want it to sound like an arsehole here, but in the depth of the well, rider. You know what I mean? That's what I was saying. Like the, the, the privateer count and the depth well, of Dylan the Wood to me is a top privateer. He Wood has is, been, is even, a top 10 even, guy. Even in Prime X, he was yeah. a top, a top Wood is an elite guy. level privateer. Um, he has an amazing facility too, but Corey Watts, I don't know a whole lot of, he's the one that fell off the bridge, right? Yeah, Watts, he's a Victorian privateer. Okay, um, yeah. He, he can ride a bike. Elijah Weiss, he's got yeah. that sick he's looking SA. blue. Yama. Yeah, he does yep. his gangster bikes, yeah. Uh, Jesse Bishop, he rides with Ford Dale. Um, I, I know he can throw a whip. I haven't seen him race that whole lot. Joel Sigliano, never heard of him. He's a private. He did Primax. He's at every race. He's actually, oh. they're, they're a cool family. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no offense. I just haven't. No, hasn't, I know. It's Brendan Steele. Have, like, I, and I'm a big privateer guy. I know. You, know what I mean? you support so, You support those guys. And So I don't really, like, you know what I mean? Like, to to me, the that top 10, that top 10 is deep, dude. Mm. You know? And I mean, Medi's out. And Medi's out. And no. then, you know, it was also Adelaide. So you come up, back up to Newcastle. I think the... 
The, yeah, there should the be a couple more local privateers. You be know? a little bit more stronger. Like for um, the Queensland guys to go down or, yep. you know, or the Vic guys to go up. It's not that far, right? So, um, interesting. Very right. cool. I'm looking forward to Newcastle. I am generally, I'm, like I said, like, and I just, yeah. I, it sucks that we didn't have TV because I feel like we might have lost a little bit of that forward momentum that we had with World Supercross. Um and I know, I don't know if you got into it with the interview with Aaron Tierney, but I feel like what Aaron Tierney did on the world stage has probably shown a big spotlight onto a lot of those guys. And like, if we can get the spotlight onto, not even so much to Nathan Crawford, but, you know, Nathan Crawford, Keller Balm, all these other guys that are sort of just outside of that spotlight and we can get a little bit more cash injection into the sport, mm. it's amazing, man. Like, it's amazing for these riders. And they're, it is. Like, how much effort and work goes into this. You know, to not even really like if they walked into a shop and not to be even known, like that's a little bit upsetting for me. We'll have to go back no, onto that rant. But you I, know dude, what I'm I, you, you know? you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. How do we take it mainstream? Well, I think World Supercross is a stepping stone. Yeah. Um, and a healthy World Supercross Championship will help float. Yeah. A, a healthier Australian Supercross Championship. I mean, look, the and like sport- like I said, like, but we've got good content cre- like from a content creation side, we've got really good platforms and really good things that are. And you're not have been in that publication game myself when mm. I well, that's what Post Moto originally was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like Moto Online do a great job with their feature pieces. Inside Dirt do a great job with their feature pieces and all this stuff. And like, I think we need to continue that, and we need to keep shining these lights on our on these riders. You know, from first all the way through to tenth. You know, like the privateer guys. I think there's there's a, a misconception. I do feel where it's like if we just got on TV more, or if we just oh, got in the no, newspapers, it's yeah. going to become. It's never going to be football or soccer no. or even V8s because no. everyone can drive a car to work. Yeah. And relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Your Ford or your Holden. Like I know the Holden doesn't exist anymore, but that was the thing forever, right? Yeah. You can't relate to jumping a Supercross triple. No, no. Yeah, so the, the relatability to the general public that wants to know more about the sport, yeah. they don't know. Yeah. And they're never going to know. Yeah. So to me, it's about growing the endemic audience, in, you know, growing the endemic fans, right? Yeah. If if every family that had a kid that raised went to the Supercrosses, there would be a lot more people. Yeah. Right? But there is a discon- there's a disconnect between the pro level and the local level in Australian motocross, Supercross which needs to be bridged. How do you bridge it? I don't know. Yeah. It's going to take consistency. I think Prime X is going to be a good good base for that. Yeah, I just think we're generally on a... Like, as much negative, we could say, oh, there wasn't enough dirt. Well, we're also looking at a professional top-tier level. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, we want the best. We do. And, and I that's, think a, that's where we can get a little bit jaded with stuff because I could pick apart this last round. I could tear it down. Mm. But, like, the boys are racing. The boys are making money. Yeah, and it's easy. Like, if you look at it this way, let's put My this in My only a, thing that I, like, not pumped on is that there's no TV, but if you look at the general consensus, of, yeah, yeah, no one was pumped about that, you know? Well, look at this, right? Like, moving into next year. Got Primax yep. coming back. It's going to be as strong, if not stronger. You got Australian Supercross. Do we know, are we adding rounds or are we staying the same? Um, I can't say too much. Okay. But there's talk of it. Cool. Whether it happens or not. Can I just say, you don't have to confirm, but if you nod to me. Uh, <laughs> no, but are we talking maybe two-day formats too? Um, you can't say nothing. No, because AORC is an MA property. Yeah. That has been thrown around. Okay. But I don't know. Honestly, okay. I don't know. Yeah, cool. Um, but, so, but regardless, Nationals is looking even well, stronger. Like Pro-MX, good TV deal. Yeah. Good branding, good foundation. Yeah. Australian Supercross is back. Yeah. Hopefully, at a minimum, is bigger or the same. Yeah. World Supercross is, is an Australian 
based company, yep. which is great for the Australian industry. And all these things have been successful in the first year since COVID. Even though Australian Supercross isn't as big and bad as everyone would like it to be, it's been successful. Yeah. It's going to run. So that means that next year for me, it's going to be a big year for the industry, the riders, the sport. It's going to keep growing. The economy is not in a great place right now. Yeah. Um, that's common knowledge. But there's enough money out there still where it's sustainable and hopefully it can grow. So I'm excited for 2023. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Let's get back on topic. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. This has been the AMX Superstore's... Um, Australian Supercross recap from round two. Now, yep. I did a pre-recorded interview with Aaron Tanney, and we're going to put that in now, and we're going to do the sign-off now because listen to the interview, and then it's just going to finish. Okay. So, um, Posty, appreciate you. I, I really enjoyed doing this in person. So this no, is I think we, we should need to, need to keep doing this. Yeah. I just wish our boy Darnell was here because it's good banter with the boys. It is. But, but we need to be able to talk to each other because otherwise we end up nah, The FaceTime thing, it, 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 I've had a lot going on right now. It yep. served a purpose, but yep. um, I've got to get the studio done at my house and um, I want to get a space next year, which you and I yes. can talk about. Yep. Um, but yeah, appreciate everyone for listening. Um, shout out Amex Superstores. Uh, we've got a lot of content on insidedirt.com.au, which we've had a lot of great contributors, and we've got more people coming on board. And uh, shout out to the whole Inside Dirt team. It's been a lot of work between everybody that's been working on these things, and uh, we are trying to bring you guys some things that you won't see anywhere else. So please support the YouTube. Please support the website. Click the sponsor banners. Help us out because... This stuff isn't easy to build and we're trying to do it for what Mickey said is, is building up the profile. You, you'll notice on Inside Dirt, there's no World Supercross. There's no American. This is Australian riders and we're trying to build that up. So just wanted to put that out there. Listen to the Tanny interview, amxsuperstores.com.au. Check that out. And Posty, thank you. No, thank you. And just on the thing, mm. you say support Inside Dirt and I'm all for that. Support everyone, man. Whether, True. You know, it, it doesn't... It's, People look at this stuff as competition. That stuff, like who, like man, dude, dude. we're all we're all in it for the same. Moto reasons. Online, Moto Limited, mm-hmm. Gypsy Tales, everyone is doing something with an Australian point to it, and we've got a great sport, a great community, a great you know, a great, great riders, you know. So. And if we as Australians support our own thing, it's only going to get better for Australians. Hell yeah! All right, Aaron Tanny's coming up, guys. Enjoy, and uh, we will be back with the recap round uh, three in about four weeks time there'll be more podcast content coming check it out on inside dirt much love all right guys as promised on the amx superstores australian supercross uh, round two recap show we've got cdo yamaha monster energies aaron tanny coming off the top step of the podium um aaron appreciate you taking the time out mate i know it's uh, monday night you're probably tired um but i uh, appreciate you coming on man how you doing hey mate i'm doing good glad to be now um Talk about it, man. Adelaide um, took the win, got the job done. There was no TV, so we're all of the media and the industry that weren't there are kind of shooting in the dark a little bit. Um, now, I'm hanging out with Mickey. You know you know Posty, Postmoto, and we'll be doing the show tomorrow night where you're going to have this put in, so he's going to give me the rundown. But um, let's start with the track. How was it going from, you know, Marvel Stadium, kind of full-spec Supercross track to – back to the kind of showgrounds, more Australian Supercross. Was that a bit of an adjustment for you? Yeah, it was. Like, uh, um, yeah, obviously the first kind of races I've done this year in Supercross have both been in a stadium, one being in Cardiff and then the next one being in Marvel Stadium, which was sort of built, you know, Australia around was the same track as what the World Supercross was, so same sort of track builders. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, different. You know, they're running Supercross this year with different promoters, so that means different track builders as of such. And, 
yeah, going to the showgrounds, it was kind of weird, like racing, you know, doing the heat races and stuff in the daytime and then almost doing our main as it's just sort of turned dark. Um, it was a bit of a different uh, experience. Like, we haven't done that since, I guess, 2019. Yeah, for real. Like, I was never a fan of that. Like, the outdoor supercrosses in the spring, like, it can be really hot and windy and the track just goes away quickly in them outdoor supercrosses. Um but the track, I don't know, from what I saw, the track didn't look crazy technical, like everyone was doing the same rhythms, but then there's the, the caveat to that, which is everyone can go fast on it. You know, they can race it quickly. So, um, you know, how was that? Like I know from the post-race interview stuff I've seen of you, you basically said that you made that first lap move in, in the main event and that really was the key to getting the win because you got that track position early and it, and it was very important. Yeah, 100%. The track was basic, you know, like the guys in under-19s were doing the same rhythm as, you know, say what us guys in the 450s were. There was nothing that was crazy that we could do. You know, there was no quad. There was no different sort of rhythm that was faster at least. Uh, so, yeah, it could sort of come down to, um, yeah, getting around the track like fast. And, you know, our times weren't separated as much as you would expect if the track was you know, technical on the level of what the, you know, Marble Stadium and stuff sort of was. Uh, so, yeah, definitely for me, it was important to get their moves done early. Otherwise, it would have been kind of hard when, you know, if we sort of separated a little bit, like I sort of experienced it in the heat race where Justin was in front of me and I was behind him and I, I tried to attack a few times and couldn't make it stick. So, yeah. It's, um, it's interesting because I think, you know, when the track is like that, it's really a case of, okay, everyone's going to do the same, the same rhythms, the same turns. It's about minimizing the mistakes and then the intensity is so high because everyone can go that speed, you know. Um, and I think that was reflected. There was a lot of injuries there this weekend. Um, touch on that. Like, how do you feel? Like, I know you've had American Supercross experience and, and uh, you know, you're becoming that elite level you know, elite level guy where there's only a handful in Australia that I feel can compete, you know, especially in Supercross at that international level. You know, you look at right now, obviously Luke's out, but it would be yourself, it would be Luke, you know, Matt Moss is in that category. Uh, and then there's guys on the fringe like Wilsey and Melros that maybe aren't quite running your pace, but I would put them in that elite Supercross bubble. But I think what we're seeing is you know, those those three years we had off of Supercross in Australia with the injuries and the depth of, of privateers, it's that you can notice it, hey, like how does it feel, you know, can you feel that on the track where you guys are just kind of on another level compared to most of the field? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, like obviously I've progressed as a rider, so, you know, I probably was back there a few years ago. Um, but, yeah, there is quite a, you know, a leap from, you know, us sort of top guys and then the rest of the people uh, in the field at the moment. And, yeah, it definitely showed on the track. Uh, you know, even though the track was basic, we're like the top guys, are, there's a still a way to race through, you know, rhythm sections and stuff rather than just jumping on. Um, but, yeah, definitely the having that this many years off, the – you know, it's really good to be back at Supercross. And I thought, like, you know, Melbourne was an amazing round, like, first round and stuff. But, uh, yeah, they definitely uh, – it's definitely needs rebuilding again as a series as a whole. 
Yeah, it's quite the it's quite the the, uh, the exchange, isn't it? Like you go from round one where it's like a world class event, like that could be you know any American Supercross is on par, and then and it's like round two is at the showgrounds. Round three is going to be Newcastle in the stadium, which I think is going to be a really good event. That's back with the AME guys promoting it, and then it's like round four is at the Wagga showgrounds. Like it's you know as far as the industry goes and like you said as a rider like it's great to be back with supercross and this is a building year and like hopefully this gives them the framework to to grow you know australian supercross um because you know you look at guys like yourself like this is this is something that's needed you know because for you you know this is one of your strengths i think maybe you didn't take yourself by surprise i haven't really talked to you on the record on air uh about motocross i want to touch on that real quick did if you'd have if you'd have been at one thaggy at round one in March, April, whenever it was, and and someone would have said that you were going to be holding the number one plate at Coolum, was that something that was on your radar? Like where were you at coming into the season? Yeah, look, I was obviously I had a really good preseason leading into the season with luck. We did a lot of races and stuff here and there, you know, versus the guys and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, I but yeah, leading into that round one, you know, my goal was top five. You know, when I finished um, in second overall, everything sort of changed from there to go, all right, I'm going for, you know, podiums every weekend and then going to try and get my win. But, yeah, definitely um, at Montaggy, I didn't see myself holding a number one plate at the end of the year. But, obviously, as we progressed further in the year, I obviously, you know, got more confidence in that and, started got you know got my win at round four or whenever it was and sort of just clicked it off from there yeah it turned into you know this is what i would call uh, you're still in the middle of it so i don't want to um you know blow too much smoke and kind of <laughs> distract you from the job at hand but this is what i would call a career year where you're really coming into your own um and i think that's when champions are made and and that career is made because you know Luke, Kyle, like, were you on that pace? Yes. Could you have battled with those guys for the championship? Yes. But then when they go out injured, Dean, Todd, like all those other guys stepped up, Matt Moss, like there were so many guys that you could see the fire got lit under them because they're like, oh, okay, they have a shot. And and you were the one that answered that call. And I find that really, um, you know, I, t- I say this all the time when we do these shows, Aaron, like I do remember you winning at Mafra on the on the 250 Cowie when when uh, 2018 the first round of MX Nationals and um I remember I'd never really talked to you that much and we chatted and you was like yeah I've just finished my apprenticeship and I'm focusing on racing now and I was like whoa that is something you don't hear very often you know especially with all these kids coming up now they, they drop out of school they ride full time you you went that kind of long career route and to see it play out the way it has for you now man that's um it's a really unique career path and it's a cool story. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, yeah, going on, you know, still speaking about my year and stuff. It's like, we've sort of kicked back and we've looked back at it. And it's funny. I've only actually, you know, between nationals and supercross, I was not on the podium twice. So, um, it's been a, you know, really good and consistent year for me. And touching on that. Yeah. My first, it was actually my first career podium in 2018 and like MX2 and it was a win as well, like you said, and it was coming off a really big injury um, after a Supercross race in 2017 and it's my first year giving it a full-time crack as well. Like you said, I just finished my apprenticeship and 
uh, yeah, that was sort of a bit of a kickstart in, you know, my professional career. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's just a cool story. You know, I, I really, you know, cause you see so many of these kids that they have so much potential coming in and, and they don't really have any real world things going on and, and whether their career works out or not. Like it's, I just, I like that about your story, but let's, let's stop reminiscing. Let's get back to it. So, um, again, I would ask you the same thing. Like when you were at Coolum, sorry, when you were at Wontaggy, would you have seen yourself with a number one player at Coolum for Prime X? When you were at Marvel, I mean, obviously you'd done the first round of World Supercross on the 250 and you knew you were competitive, but I think the Justin Brayton, Aaron Tanney headline that came out of Marvel Stadium, were you anticipating battling with Justin, battling with Dean Wilson, being being in the hunt for the win in a 20-lap main? Because, you know, those guys have been doing 20-lappers for the years that we haven't even had Supercross. So I found it really more impressive for you that not only were you on the podium at round one, on that track, in that 20 lap main, in that stadium. But the fact that you were able to run with those guys down the stretch and like someone like Dean, you know, who was pressuring you at 18, 19 laps, you held him strong. And that, that to me, I was like, okay, you know, Tanny's the real deal this year because that was, that was an achievement in itself. Yeah, look, it was, uh, yeah, like you said, going in, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I put a, like you said, I put a lot of time in the 250. So I had, kind of minimal time on the 450 leading into uh, Marvel. Um, and, you know, I felt in myself like I can only sort of judge off what I'm riding at home with the guys I'm riding with and how I feel on the track. But, I, you know, I felt I was riding really well and doing things and felt comfortable in the practice on the track. But, yeah, it's always different when you get to the racing and going up against them guys on, you know, the track was, pretty brutal at Marvel for us on Friday night. There were, there wasn't many time, like, cause they ran the world supercross practice in between. They didn't really get the track prep at all. Like they did on Saturday night and the, <laughs> doing my first like 20 lap of main on the 450. It was definitely, you know, tough on that track. It really got beat up, but um, yeah, I can't say I was expecting it. Like I always went, went in there and, you know, Justin's, won all these years and I knew it was going to be hard to beat. Not many people guys, uh, not many guys have beat him in Australia. So, uh, it was, you know, I was pretty amped up after that race and, you know, proud of myself and yeah, kind of knew that I could try and give this championship a crack as well. Yeah, for real. I mean, you should be. And like I said, I'm not trying to, you know, get you distracted from the task at hand. So we'll keep it. We won't gas you up too much on your achievements so far this season. But um, it's, it's um, you know, like you said that, okay, now I can do it. And clearly going into Adelaide. But yeah, I mean, touching on that track where, you know, Marvel, it, it, you know, again, even though it was a gnarly track, I mean, easy for the for the, for the the onlookers like myself. But other than the quad out of that, uh, turn before the triple the track was pretty consistent you know there was a couple different rhythm options but it was more the deterioration of the track and that's what made that 20 lap performance so impressive because those guys in america they're used to riding 20 lap well 20 minutes sorry on the tracks yeah. that are just beat up you know so that was super impressive and it claimed a lot of guys like you looked on that 450 main at round one like you know say lap 12 to 15 like mossy stalled a couple times there was people crashing everywhere. Like I forget the play by play, but again, really impressive man to see you hold your own. And and then obviously that momentum 
you know, went into Saturday night, which, you know, let's touch on that with the World Supercross because, you know, in front of the home, you know, home fans in Australia, you were really flying the flag. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, obviously, you know, emotions were high after, you know, getting second. It ended up being a pretty late night, Friday, Friday night, um, just with all the press conference and stuff like that. So it's always hard to get to sleep after a Supercross night. Obviously, a lot of adrenaline runs through the body. So I ended up getting to bed pretty late and, you know, Supercross is good though. You get sleep in a bit. But yeah, heading into Saturday night, I had to jump back on the 250, you know, dial it in in a few laps in the free practice and yeah head on to the night and you know going on the night I had a better heat race which gave me a better um, gate pick than what I did at Cardiff uh, which was really my letdown but yeah going into the night I had it was almost a perfect night you know I got a good start in the first one I was running you know maybe top five fifth or something and then unfortunately Bogle you know, crashed in front of me. I had nowhere to go, which that put a bit of a bummer on that. You know, they were short races and I went down, got up as fast as I could and only could salvage it 12. So I really, for me to even have a fighting chance at the podium in the, the I was more focused on the overall settings. I didn't even know I was going to get a podium after getting a 12. Uh, but yeah, to go out and give it my all and get that win, in that second race was absolute like I've never heard, you know, something like that in that stadium. The crowd was amazing and a lot of people have commented on it saying that was the loudest they got all night. So that was super cool and, you know, an awesome experience for the, you know, to get the crowd and stuff to get behind myself as an Aussie rider in that stadium. Uh, And then, yeah, went went on and got third in the last race and found out I've got third overall for the night and, uh, was sort of, you know, a fairy tale ending for the World Supercross for me. Uh, I really showed my potential and stuff like that. Yeah, hundred percent. It's um, you got me saying hundred percent here. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it it was great to see, and and I loved. I just loved the evolution of your career because it's like it's not to say you wouldn't have got a World Supercross ride if you weren't on CDR, but it's like you just happened to win Primex and then. CDR and Craig Dack become a licensed team for World Supercross and then of course you're on World Supercross and it just the year has just you, you know I look at you a year and a half ago when we were at um, ProMX at uh, Canberra and you would just come back from your thumb injury you were on the gas gas and like it was I think the only race you did that season because of the injury um, and I think you got a top five or something like you were there and you were doing well but translating that from from there to now like man the, the career trajectory for you it's really put you on the map and and i read that interview with on moto online where obviously there's international aspirations if if things were to develop but i just think like man you're in such a good spot regardless of where the rest of the season goes is that you know with cdr with the team like i, I don't know if you've resigned for them yet or anything and you probably can't talk about that yet but um it's just such a great base for you and, and, and finding that home with Dakar is clearly paid, you know, paid dividends. Yeah. Like you said, um, with the whole, it's sort of, you know, everything sort of worked out with me being with CDR. Like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have been in World Supercross this year if CDR didn't get a license. Cause you know what it's like trying to, 
you know, I would have been riding for CDR and there's no way I would have been allowed to ride for another team in the World Supercross. So, you know, that opportunity was awesome and I'm super grateful that I did make the decision to, you know, come over to CDR and it definitely boosted my career as a whole as well as, you know, the, all my training in the background and stuff with all my coach and all that sort of thing. So... Can we talk yeah, about? Um, can we talk about a little bit? Uh, this just came to my mind, and I haven't asked anybody this yet, so I'm going to put you on the spot. You can answer it politically if you want, but <laughs> hypothetically, next year you may have to make a choice between racing Pro MX or racing World Supercross. Is that something you've thought about? Um, yeah. Look, it's, it all comes <laughs> down to. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely. You know, it's definitely in the back of my mind. Um, I'm just curious you know, with the schedule, just, like I, say CDR, could, yeah. you, could you do both? You probably could. Um, I doubt Primex would clash with World Supercross for that reason, as far as like the weekends. Um, but it's food for thought, you know. I'm just like, I wonder what someone like yourself would, would think about doing. Look, uh, in my ideal situation, I want to do both like all three, I mm. should say. I want to do Pro MX, I want to do World Supercross, I want to do Oz Supercross. Uh, so at the end of the day, it's going to be up to, um, you know, say I did sign with CDR, it will be up to Craig um, to make that decision. Uh, as, you know, it is a bit of a hard one. Obviously, I'm going to be have the number one plate uh, going into... Pro Max, and I would like to defend that, but I would also like to race the World Supercross because I think it's an awesome opportunity, and, and the way that it was ran was absolutely awesome. And to jump around to different countries, you know, that's what we that's what we dream of, really. And Supercross is a good time, especially doing it in them stadiums. Yeah, for real. I mean, what a dilemma to have being Aaron Tanny. Like, do I defend my number <laughs> one play in Pro Max? Do I go race World Supercross? Like. No, hats off to you, man. That's, um, you know, great. I'm sure Dak is extremely smart. And, man, I tell you what, year after year, we talk about the Craig Dak program, Yamaha, CDR, and the team partners, and Gary Ben and all these people involved. But it's like when you see the results that he gets and, and you know, you weren't meant to be the guy that won Primex this year. That was meant to be Luke Clout. And, and the team that rallied around you and, and – and I can only imagine the pressure, not that the team would have put on you, but probably the pressure you may have felt because you've realized, okay, well, now I'm, I'm flying this flag solo. But the resources they gave you and the environment and, and the relationship you obviously had led to the championship. Um, and it's just a testament to, I don't know, it's just a bit of a segue where that experience, and, and you can see now you guys competitive on the world stage, World Supercross, like that CDR program is is an elite level program that, I think would fit in anywhere, you know, whether MXGP or American Supercross, like Dakar and that team, they can be competitive anywhere. So you're in good hands. Um, let's, you know, let's talk about the rest of the season. We've got two more rounds left of Australian Supercross, and now you're in a really interesting position where, you know, Brayton sounds like he's got a lot of respect for you. Um, you did bump him off the track at Marvel, which I don't know if he was stoked on, but it seems like he's, he's stoked to see a young Aussie finally coming up and challenging him um how's that been you know obviously you guys race hard you race clean though um he's been he's been pretty cool about it from what i can tell yeah he's uh he's obviously expressed um multiple times he has 
you know, a lot of respect for me. He's obviously, you know, the first time he came over in Australia, I probably wasn't even getting top 10. Um, so he's, you know, he's watched how far I've come as well. And, you know, multiple riders sort of commented on that, and especially in the World Supercross stuff. Um, and, yeah, the racing's, the racing's been good, and I, I think he's enjoying it too. Uh, and it's, it's awesome you know, to give it to him. But yeah, like we're in a unique position now where it's both, both of the points lead and, you know, we've got two rounds to go. They're a little bit, uh, they're going to be a little bit different. The next round, the triple crown and the last round's like a two final format. So, uh, it's, you know, starts and stuff are going to be important. And at the moment I've been getting good star spray. There's always a good starter, but he's just, you know, at the moment I feel like my speed and stuff wise I can go faster than Justin uh, he's just consistent and a super smart and you know he kind of you know he kind of mentions like you know he was waiting for a mistake for me on the weekend it just didn't happen yeah and I, I feel that you know I, I talked about this in our pre-season show for Supercross I said that down the stretch, the the, the the triple header coming up and then the double header to finish, I feel like that's going to suit you because you get good starts and your intensity is, you know, high. And it may not always be perfect, um, but like you said, Justin, you know, in Melbourne you could see he, he knew that with that track at 20 laps he could wear you down because he just had so much more experience with that track on the 450. But then a week later... And the mistake didn't come. And now we're going to the shorter race formats again where I feel like you're going to have those strengths. So, yeah, Justin, he is perfect. He is older. He is mature. But it's, it's a really kind of cool vibe where you've got the four-time champ, the older, you know, the older statesman. You've got the younger, you know, the sensation that's won Prime X and he's going for the two championships. Like, it, it writes itself. So, um, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting next couple of rounds, man. It really is. And, and again cool to see cool to see you in the driver's seat here where um perhaps cloudy probably had the nod over you coming in where where more media would have been talking about him being the guy that would challenge brayton or possibly win the championship and and again here we are it's it's you so um it's 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 an interesting narrative aaron it really is and you're so underspoken and kind of cruisy about it but um you've achieved a lot this year hey yeah it's definitely it's uh, you can sound more stage, excited about it too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> at, at this stage, you know, I'm definitely going to look back at this year. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of changed my life a little bit as well. Uh, but it's, it's, yeah, that's it's always going to be the year I look back on, even though, you know, there's two rounds to go in Supercross, so we can't speak too soon or whatnot. But, yeah, just going off the results I've got, like I've said, I've, like I've been off the podium twice this year out of all the um, – you know, the national races that I've done on the 450. So that in itself is a massive achievement for me, just being consistent and stuff like that um, and always battling up the front and putting myself in the best position to, you know, go for these championships as well. Yeah, and that's a sign of maturity because, you know, I think at times everyone knew you had the speed but you were known to get a little crazy at times and, and some big crashes happen, like, you know, part of the game. But, um, man, you turned it around. All right, so we've got – how many weeks off now is it until round three? I think there's a month. Yeah, yeah, we got a, you know, three weekends off, four weeks. So, um, yeah, just 
back to the hammer, back to training and stuff. And so you've been riding uh, Supercross at Bar- Caleb Byram's house, right? Yeah, we've got um, three tracks going this year. So Caleb's is probably our main, you know, place. He's got the bigger and more gnarlier track where we do a lot of our stuff. And then, yeah, got some two other tracks which are different as well. So it's really cool. That's sort of helped with everything this year. It gets you set up. It's always good to ride different tracks to hit the different rhythms so you're not just dialing on one track. Yeah, for real. You can get that little six-inch groove just on lock, and then uh, you go to different tracks. It's a little different to adjust. Yeah. Um, you said you're flying to Melbourne tomorrow because that's why we're pre-recording this for tomorrow's show. So yeah. um, are you going to go do some testing, or what are you doing down there? I'm actually riding the 2023 bike, just doing the launch. Oh, that's or, right. It is on Thursday. Yeah, I'm doing, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm just Wednesday and Thursday riding the bike and doing all that sort of media stuff. So I'm just, yeah, flying down for the two days and all three days, whatever I'm going for, and then yeah. back to Queensland. So I'm actually going to be riding a bit of motocross before I ride Supercross again. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, you got you got plenty of time to get your Supercross. Dude, I, I'm not going. I'm bummed. I really wanted to go. But um, I've got a test rider lined up for Inside Dirt that's going to be out there testing and, and doing, um, you know, a review for us. But, um, man, that 23, I tell you what, I've been watching a lot of the Star Yamaha Supercross test tracks with Ferrandis and those guys on the, the 23, and it looks really good, hey? Yeah, I was, like, um, lucky enough after Cardiff, I got to have, like, dinner and stuff with... Um Tomac and got to talk to him a little bit about the 23 and uh, come straight from him that was you know nothing but positives and they said that I'm going to love the bike as well as well as um, Chiz being on the team he's the Yamaha test rider over there and does a lot of the development and stuff with them so coming from them guys I've heard nothing but good things so I'm super excited to you know get on it they had one at Adelaide and that's the first time I saw it in person so yeah, it's yeah definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, you guys are going to get some cool content riding that thing at Ride Park too. Um, dude, let's fit. How's Tomac? Like, you guys, you know, getting to hang out a little bit and, and you know, obviously he was flying a bit solo there as a wild card. It's a Cardiff, but um, how was that, having dinner with, with the Tomac? Oh, man, it was kind of cool. It obviously sort of happened because I went to dinner with um, Chisholm and, you know, these friends with all them guys and... Mm. Yeah, it just uh, yeah, it just happened. And it was really cool. He, you know, he's still a normal guy. Um, he just gets harassed by some people a bit more. But <laughs> yeah, uh, he seems pretty, yeah, pretty grounded, was, was, pretty down earth. Yeah, yeah, he is, and he, he just yeah does what he is. Does what he does. He's a bad dude, and it was cool watching him in person as well. Yeah, I mean, I think someone for yourself that learns so quickly. I, I feel that watching. Roxon and Tomac in the flesh is only going to up your Supercross game because you know what it's like when you get to see it and absorb it. You really get to see the little nuances of what they do on the bike, um, which it makes such. I mean, you've raced AMA Supercross before, I guess, but you're probably at that level now where that would really benefit you. Um, all right, man. Hey, I'm conscious that it's Monday night and uh, you sound pretty tired, and you probably um, you probably get some sleep before you fly out again tomorrow so uh aaron tenney amx superstores australian supercross recap from round two the winner of uh, sx1 in uh in south australia in adelaide congratulations man appreciate you coming on and um get some rest have some fun on that 23 and um we will hopefully catch up with you at the end of the season 
Um, and I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to say it, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we're at that point where we can catch up at the end of the season. All right. Yeah. No. Thanks for having me, and yeah, hopefully we can have that catch up. All right, I mate. Know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. All right, say it, bye.